Business Minds, presented by the Florida Business Journals, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. In this download, South Florida Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Mel Melendez invites Emerge America's CEO, Felice Garordo, to share Miami's growing tech scene. Welcome, Felice. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you as our guest today because Miami's tech scene has just exploded. So I thought, who better to talk to our listeners about the innovation and tech gains that are happening in South Florida than the head of an organization founded to help promote just that. Now, the Emerge America's Tech Conference was launched in 2014 by billionaire Manny Medina to help promote the region across the nation and abroad as a growing international tech hub with many early stage companies worth investing in. So let's talk a little bit about the, the annual conference. Can you briefly explain its chief focus and how it's grown? Absolutely, Mel. Well, first of all, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for being such a great partner of ours at Emerge Americas and helping us tell our story of how South Florida and the region as a whole is transforming. Emerge Americas is a platform focused on helping transform Miami into becoming a tech hub for the Americas. And we do that by convening all the stakeholders that make up any thriving tech ecosystem, from government to higher ed, accelerators and incubators, large corporate enterprises, and of course, the, the startups themselves. And then we help connect the dots between the entrepreneurs, the capital, and the talent pipelines. And then, of course, telling the story of how Miami is, uh, is transforming into a global hub of innovation and entrepreneurship. As you noted, this was really the brainchild of our founder, Manny Medina, who had a, a very sizable exit in uh, 2011, sold his previous company, Terramark, to Verizon for north of $2 billion. And he truly believed Miami could become uh, a tech hub for the Americas. But what he felt was lacking was this platform uh, to convene, connect, and evangelize that mission. And so our first project was the annual tech conference, which we launched in 2014. Uh, Manny was not in the event business, uh, nor did he really want to be in, but it was really more than anything, a uh, ecosystem and community organizing project. And it proved to be much more successful than anyone had anticipated. We had more than 5,000 attendees before that, that first conference. Kind of parallel to this, just to give you a little bit of personal background on myself. My background is um, as an entrepreneur and CEO and operator of venture-backed companies. Also served in government, both in the Bush and Obama White House. When I was leaving the Obama White House, I got bit by that entrepreneurial bug and uh, wanted to get involved in my first tech startup. And I had all my investors and advisors telling me to go out west to San Francisco or up north to New York. And, um, and that's when I met Manny Medina. And he convinced me of um, this vision of what Miami could become. And also that you could build a successful tech company here and that he was proof of it. And that he wanted to pay it forward and help other entrepreneurs who wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps and, uh, and really blaze their own paths. And in doing so, he convinced me to move back down to Miami, relocate our company down here as well. 
invited me to be part of the, the steering committee for our first conference, later joined the advisory board, become a sponsor, a speaker, a moderator at the conferences. And then when I exited from my company in 2018, I took some time to kind of think through what I wanted to do next. I joined a venture capital fund in New York as an entrepreneur in residence. And about six months into that, I got a call from Manny and uh, his daughter, who's also one of our co-founders, Melissa Medina, dear friend, asking me if I was interested in coming back home and uh, taking over the reins as CEO of, of, uh, of Emerge. And for me, it was life coming full circle and uh, an opportunity to help get involved in, I think, a, a project and a, and a company and uh, an organization that was truly transforming our city, my hometown. You know, since then, the growth of the company has been absolutely uh, exponential. I think it runs in parallel with the story of Miami's own evolution. Mm-hmm. I truly believe, you know, this last 18, 24 months, I have really put Miami on a certain trajectory that's unstoppable. Uh, Miami is going through a renaissance at all levels. It's palpable. You can feel it. And there was probably no better example of that than this year's Emerge Americas conference, which was just this past April at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Okay. All right. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, you know, you mentioned that the first year um, Emerge attracted 5,000 attendees, which is a great number for like a first time uh, conference. But by 2019, Emerge had attracted about 16,000 attendees from 400 companies and 40 countries. And then in 2020, bam, the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Um, that meant canceling the live conferences for 2020 and 2021. I mean, what was that like? I and mean, that had to be really challenging. It was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do and that my, my team had to do. And we were three weeks away from producing our, our show, our annual conference. I remember. And um, 2019 had been a breakout year for us. Really, you know, and it's, it's also kind of, the parallel story of Miami. If you, you plot venture activity and investment trends over the course of the last 10 years, you start seeing that J-curve effect in 2018-2019. And so 2019, we blew our, our numbers out of the water, uh, record-breaking attendance and sponsorships and particip- you know, partnerships. There was a lot of anticipation for 2020. We had started to kind of read the writing on the wall with the, uh, the early stages of, of COVID. And this was even before there was a public health emergency issue, but we just did not feel in good conscience that we could bring together an audience and a community as diverse as ours is from all around the world and not be putting people's you know, health in danger. And so for the good of our attendees and our community, we made the difficult decision to cancel the conference even before we would have been forced to do so. And I think the lessons learned in that were a couple. One, uh, it showed us, we tried to get ahead of it. And we did so by leveraging the goodwill of our partnerships uh, to explain the difficult choice that we had to make to our partners, first and foremost, as to why we were doing this, even though we were going to take a huge financial hit. And, um, and also, they had already paid for their participation at the conference. So you know, we, were, we were going off of trust that we were going to fulfill our contracts as soon as possible. And then two, I think um, realizing that this was inevitable, but 
doing so on our terms versus having to be forced to do it by the you know the authorities or uh, the regulators gave us the ability to be able to plan as much as we could and how we were how we were going to pivot not pause in our continued mission to help build out and foster a thriving tech ecosystem and uh, originally we thought we were going to be able to produce the show in the fall so that was you know that was the first kind of postponement it was to to the fall of 2020 nobody knew how long the pandemic was going to last and then of course the fall came and went and we had to postpone it again we pushed it to 2021 in the spring we thought by then things would have gotten back to somewhat sense of normalcy with uh, the vaccinations on you know on the horizon and then of course you know uh, spring of 2021 came and went and um, vaccinations were picking up but they weren't exactly where we, we would have hoped they would be and we just did not feel in good conscience we could bring everybody together physically under one roof as we do with the annual conference so we decided to postpone uh, all the way over to 2022 and then this time we thought this was an opportunity for us to be able to build out a program that was more all-encompassing than just a two-day conference in the convention center but instead an entire week long of activities events and celebrations of our our tech ecosystem we came up with this idea of a, of a Miami Tech Week. We had done an Innovation Tech Week and a Tech Week before, since actually the first conference in, in, uh, in 2014. And then 2019, we had, but we wanted to kind of take it to the next level. Founders Fund, as you might know, uh, was interested in doing something similar. So we announced we were going to kick off that Tech Week with Emerge the conference, and they were going to close it out with their own program at the end of the week. And then things just started picking up like wildfire. And um, we started getting so much inbound interest from folks that wanted to kind of build on that momentum that we quickly realized this was not a tech week. This was uh, a multi-week program. And with the Bitcoin conference coming in at the the beginning of April, NFT week uh, right after that, and then all the rest of the program uh, from our partners, we decided to announce we were going to expand Miami Tech Week to be uh, a Miami Tech Month. And uh, alongside our partners like Algorand and, and others, uh, we were able to literally activate the entire community, all of South Florida, for a month-long campaign, which I think was a testament to our success as an ecosystem. And I think it was also an opportunity for us to help showcase and amplify the stories of our own homegrown talent, not just those folks who you know relocated here, who we've welcomed with open arms, but to also kind of shine a light on, on what is uniquely special about Miami. And I think there's a lot that's been said about this moment, which our mayor calls a movement, and it truly is a movement, but this is not the result of the last 18 to 24 months. It truly is the labor of love that has been the last 10 years of an entire community that has invested their blood, sweat, and tears and put their money where their mouth is to build out an incredibly diverse, inclusive, and thriving ecosystem that we call our own. Felice Gorordo joining us. Next, his take on the migration of tech execs to the Miami area as Florida Business Minds continues.
People's Gas, invested in lowering emissions and developing sustainable energy for a greener Florida. People's Gas is committed to Florida's clean energy future. Learn more about renewable natural gas at floridasenergy.com. Okay, so you just touched a little bit on, on the migration to South Florida. Like some other metro areas, South Florida really benefited from big name companies and executives relocating here in record numbers during COVID. Can you talk a little bit about what this migration has done for the tech scene here? I'm like, and how that benefits the region and the state overall. Absolutely. So I think, first off, the proof is in the pudding and, and, and the numbers kind of speak for themselves. 2021 was another real breakout year. In terms of venture capital dollars invested in, in local startups, we're number one in the Southeast, beating out cities like Atlanta and others that, that had been at the top before. We're number eighth overall in, in the country with more than $5 billion that have been invested in more than 240 startups here locally just in the last year alone. We're number one in tech job migration in the country and number one in tech job growth in the nation. So I think first and foremost, what it has, has helped us do is attract you know, investments in startups, not, not only those that have relocated, but also startups that are you know, homegrown success stories here in, uh, in Miami. We've been able to attract talent like never before in you know, developers and uh, program and product managers from around the country that have chosen to, to relocate themselves and their families here and plant roots in South Florida. Uh, CEOs and even their entire management teams that have chosen to, to relocate uh, to Miami. And of course, the, the big VC funds like Founders Fund and others who've opened up shop here and use this as an opportunity to kind of attract their portfolio companies to check it out and uh, potentially incentivize them to, to relocate themselves as well. So I think for all those reasons, this has been a transformative year or really two years for, for South Florida, but the best is yet to come. We're just getting started. This is the tip of the iceberg. I'm very bullish on Miami, on Miami's future. I definitely think uh, this, is, this is not a moment, it's a movement, uh, but we are going to do all that we can to capitalize on this opportunity uh, and ensure it doesn't pass us by. Love to hear that. Now, um, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez, has made it his mission to help lower companies here, especially cryptocurrency businesses. Do you think that turning Miami into a major cryptocurrency hub is a realistic goal? I think the mayor has, has um, his mission has been much, much broader than that. His, uh, you know, when he talks about transforming Miami into a capital of capital, he talks about not just venture capital, uh, but he talks about human capital and talent. I think when you know he talks about South Florida as a you know a fintech hub that is more all-encompassing than just cryptocurrency. I think the reality is that South Florida is to Web three at large what San Francisco was to Web 1.0 and 2.0. And if you are doing anything in the blockchain digital asset ecosystem, NFTs, or crypto for that matter, um, this is where it's at. Now, the vertical is, is taking a hit right now. That is 
undeniable and folks have to, to recognize that. But we take a long-term view on, on South Florida. I also take a long-term view on all things Web3. And I think that some of the savviest investors and innovators have proven that in crisis, there is opportunity. And we, we strongly believe that this is just, that, that, the, that this technology is in, in its infancy and that its applications are still to be determined. And, um, and its reach is more expansive than what we could ever imagine. And so I think it is smart for South Florida to do all that it can to help attract talent and investments and companies that want to invest in this space and that have strong fundamentals to be able to weather this market, which is going to be a little turbulent, uh, but across the board, not just in the blockchain, digital asset, NFT, or crypto space. Okay. In your estimation, what makes our tech scene different from other areas like Silicon Valley, Boston, New York, um, and maybe even Tampa? I know Tampa's growing a um, um, nice little tech scene up there as well. Absolutely. I love this question, Mel, because it goes to the heart of our, our secret sauce, which is we are a city founded by women and to a great extent built by immigrants. And I think it is because of that we pride ourselves in being a very diverse and inclusive ecosystem. I think it also needs to be noted that many of our ecosystem leaders are women and that many of our entrepreneurs, our tech entrepreneurs themselves are immigrants. And so we know what it is to be the other. And because of that, we are much more embracing and welcoming of those who are looking to relocate and make this city, this ecosystem, their own. Now, some of the top executives that moved here during COVID have kept their teams elsewhere. So the workers that kind of help contribute to the local economy aren't here. Some say that's because we still don't have the highly skilled workforce needed to fill those jobs. Do you think that's true or not? Um, like, and if it's true, um, what needs to happen to turn that around? Well, I think you know, some, some of the data and stats that I shared before speak for themselves in terms of number one in tech job growth, number one in tech job migration. We still undoubtedly have a long ways to go to compete head to head with you know Silicon Valley. But I'd say also we're, we're pretty nascent also in our, our own development. Miami, to a certain extent, is a startup in and of itself. And so I, I think for, for that reason, what really excites me is what some of the higher ed institutions like Florida International University, Miami-Dade College, University of Miami are doing to be able to help address the skills gap that exists in the market and engage large corporate partners and tech leaders and others to help uh, prepare our workforce, our own homegrown workforce here, to compete for those jobs and attract others as well to come here in South Florida and recruit and hire for their own companies looking to do just that. And so I think it's, you know, it's still very early, early stages. I think if I could make one call to action 
is for our corporate partners and leaders in this community to help invest in building out our own local homegrown talent here, working alongside our higher ed institutions to be able to do just that. Okay. What would you say to a tech company or a startup that's debating whether to launch or relocate to Miami? Um, they're kind of on the fence or whatever. What would you say to kind of convince them to come on down? Come on down. I, that's exactly what I would say. Come on down. Look us up. DM me and the mayor and everyone else uh, that you find. You will be pleasantly surprised how welcoming we are, how uh, eager we are to receive you with our with open arms. Introduce you to to folks who can help you in scaling your business and investing in your business. I think, you know, much, a little bit more different from, or unique rather, I would say, what, what is unique again about our, our community is that we are incredibly uh, helpful to those who are looking to, to relocate, more so than maybe other ecosystems that tend to be more, more siloed and, um, and more cliquish. And so, I, you know, I, I think, uh, one great opportunity to do so is uh, the Emerge Americas Conference, our next one being in April of 2023. But we are a year-round platform organizing events, pitch competitions, um, executive roundtables, investor summits, all year round, both in person and virtually. And so reach out to us and reach out to others about how you can get involved and, and also how we can help you potentially relocate yourself and your company here in South Florida. Great. Well, thanks so much for being a guest today on Florida Business Minds, um, Felice. Um, I knew it would be a, um, an interesting conversation. I'm like, I know you'd shed a lot of insights on what's happening right now here because it really is an exciting time to be in South Florida, for sure. Same here, Mel. Thank you so much for having me on the, on the show. And again, thank you for being such a, a great partner. Looking forward to, to seeing you very soon. And please don't hesitate to let us know how we can be a greater help on any front. Emerge America's CEO, Felice Gerardo, joining us. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Florida Business Journals, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy.